Well, hello and welcome to Finding Our Way, our Southridge Church member podcast designed to give people the inside scoop on life in our church. Here's our host and lead pastor, Jeff Lockyer. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of Finding Our Way. Uh, Kind of a fun conversation today with a longtime friend of mine who recently brought a team uh, to come visit our church for a weekend. So I want you to welcome Jerry Reddy. Jerry, say hi to everybody. Hello, everybody. Um, first things first, give us a bit of a rundown on where you're coming from and kind of your background, family life, all that stuff. Okay, greetings, Jeff, uh, from the East Coast here, Moncton, New Brunswick. Beautiful day out here. It was wonderful to connect with your team recently. And um, I've actually been uh, the senior pastor at Hillside Baptist Church in Moncton for the last 29 years and just really growing along with the church uh, over that time. And originally my roots are in New England um, and uh, I went to university, did my undergrad here in Moncton at Atlantic Baptist University, met my wife, she's a Moncton gal here. And, uh, and, and then uh, went, uh, did my seminary at Gordon-Conwell in Massachusetts. And we have three children and I'm currently enjoying the season. We actually have three grandchildren as well. And uh, just a real delight. And, um, and my wife and I, I was thinking about our kids that uh, are uh, every time it seemed that we moved, we were having kids. Our uh, oldest daughter was born just before graduation down at Gordon-Conwell, Massachusetts. Then I, we moved uh, up to St. John, New Brunswick, and I served in youth ministry, associate pastor in an urban church there. And our second daughter was born. And then we moved to Moncton and I took, over, took the helm at Hillside. Our son was born and we figured that maybe we should stop moving. Three kids was was enough. And, but we've been on a wild ride for 29 years and uh, just really believe as we lead out of this crazy two and a half years of the pandemic, we still believe that the best days are ahead. Hmm. Uh, Talk a little bit just about our history, because you and I are not strangers, even though we live in different parts of the country. So how have we connected and kind of what's your background history with Southridge. Yeah, so Jeff, it's been a blast uh, knowing you. And, uh, you know, we're a long-term global leadership summit site with 21 years uh, hosting it here in Canada. So I've had a lot of connections with you annually uh, in terms of getting the GLS pastors together, had the joy of serving on the uh, Global Leadership Network Board here in Canada um, with you for a number of years. And of course, um, through our friendship, uh, you've been able to come out here to the East Coast, uh, helped us uh, get our Leaders Village established a number of years ago. And then uh, actually this past February, uh, you were our anniversary speaker. Uh, Every February, it's a big deal to have an anniversary Sunday. And I thought, who would be someone great for this year? And so you you stepped up and, and were a real blessing. And then we got to host you here in May. Um, you know, we've been enjoying reading your book um, that you wrote during the pandemic, and uh, you uh, were able to come out in May. We had 70 church leaders that showed up, and uh, you just had a tremendous workshop that we really appreciated. And since then, I guess you've been making uh, some of the book chapters mandatory reading yeah. for your staff. <laughs> Boy, that's got to be a punishment for them. <laughs> oh, that's right. But I gave them, I bought the books before the summer and I just gave them a heads up when you guys, you know, hit the ground running after homecoming Sunday. Uh, we always have a leadership lifter uh, in our uh, staff gatherings. And so I cherry picked nine of your chapters uh, for this fall and, and gave it out strategically for different staff members to facilitate. Uh, the discussion. So I think we're about five weeks in. 
um, and really enjoying the banter and also um, really believe the board needs to be a leadership culture. So our board is reading your book as well. And, uh, and we're starting to do uh, a debrief and we gathered our monthly meetings. Super exciting. And what we're going to talk about today is this trip that some of your senior leaders took last weekend when you came and visited Southridge for four intensive days. Yes. So uh, I want to get into that. But first of all, what I find fascinating about you, Jerry, is that you've actually made a habit of doing these tours of other churches for fresh vision. And I, I... I'm so fascinated by that. And for the leaders who listen in, um, where does that curiosity to go and visit tour and tour churches come from? Yeah, I guess I've just always had a passion to figure stuff out and uh, to be kind of an improver. I'm a little bit of an Enneagram one with a two wing. So I've got the pastor's heart, but a real desire to improve things and figure things out. And I guess just, you know, theologically, when you really have the growing conviction that the local church is really God's plan A to redeem a broken world, I just feel like it's important to continue to lead with vision and to, uh, you know, strategically figure out, um, you know, different ways that God may be moving. And so for me, I've always really had a passion to learn, you know, leaders are learners. And I remember decades ago going down to Saddleback and to the Purpose Driven Church Conference when that was big back in the 90s. It seems like a long time ago now. Mm-hmm. But Rick said, you know, uh, you learn theology in seminary, but you learn leadership in seminars. And it's so true. And so I just have a passion to learn and grow and really believe that a big part of the role of a senior pastor is to mentor others in that passion. So I, I never go to conferences alone. And whether it's a vision trip or just going to a conference in some way, I've always brought staff, emerging leaders, um, board members uh, to expand their sites. And, and I guess, Jeff, I've always believed that vision uh, really is is best when it's a shared vision. And so it's one, you know, I can, you know, you can go on a vision trip by yourself and get all fired up, but you come back home and it's almost like you're alienated from the rest because of what you've seen and experienced. And so for a number of years, I've always invested in bringing others with me and to really develop a shared vision. And um, actually your church would have been probably the second Canadian church. A number of years ago, uh, I took a group out to Southland in Manitoba and just had heard a lot about their culture of prayer. And, um, and uh, just that, and so we had a fabulous experience. Um, a number of our staff and our board members went and really helped us to intentionally deepen a culture of prayer. Uh, you know, in our ministry. And um, a good mentor of mine, uh, you probably would know, Bob Russell, who did a 40-year run uh, down at Southeast um, uh, in Louisville, Kentucky, in the providence of God. I've been able to connect with him over the years, and he's been a real good friend and mentor. And a number of years ago, he said to me, Jerry, you know, I always found it strategic that every five years, it's really important for your church to have a fresh vision. You know, the mission of the church, making disciples and all that never changes, but the vision, you know, what you're really focusing on. And I just found it highly strategic every five years or so in the 29 year run that I've been on uh, to bring a team and to really try to prayerfully discern uh, what that next chapter is. And that's kind of where we are right now as we're looking, um, you know, Jeff, our 50th year anniversary is 2024, which is like 15 months away. And, you know, you'll blink and we'll be there. And um, so our current vision 
is called Vision 2023, and I could mention a little bit about that. But but you know, as we lead out of the pandemic and continue to focus on that, I let our church know two weeks ago on Vision Sunday to be aware that on our 50th anniversary year, we're not only going to have a momentous celebration, but we're actually going to declare what the vision is next for us. Like what's the next sort of chapter that God really wants us to be focusing on. And so, um, you know, even in the visit with you guys recently, Jeff, um, I brought some seasoned uh, senior staff members with me, but I also intentionally brought a few newer staff who I had never taken with me um, on one of these vision trips. And it's a huge investment because I've just seen when you bring people like that with you, like their trajectory just really uh, grows rapidly when they actually spend that time with you. And so it's a real investment in staff to bring them along. Yeah, for, for leaders listening, not just our Southridge church members, I, I can see us doing the math of what it would take to bring a half dozen leaders to you know, spend time at a church for an extended number of days. And it's just an immense, immense investment. And yet your curiosity and your teachability has done this many times. Yeah. You talk about going to Saddleback or you know, back in the day, Willow Creek in the 90s. I mean, yeah. you've toured churches for a quarter century. And yeah. I, I feel like, you know, even even recently, I remember you sharing that you were on a sabbatical recently. Yes. And part of that sabbatical was touring some churches. I mean, this is this is this is not common. This is not normal behavior, Jerry. This, this okay. is not common, uh, but is really, really remarkable. And I, I just am so impressed by the level of curiosity and teachability and frankly intentionality to get around other practitioners i love that mm. comment that you know uh, theology is learned in seminaries but leadership's learned in seminars and so often even the practical visitation of local communities to get under the hood of what they do differently and you know what some of the unique strengths and struggles are in their context it's it's really remarkable and i can imagine leaders thinking man you know, what does it take to, to do something like that in our context? So let's dive a little deeper because uh, it was just a few months ago that we started talking about your team kind of visiting Southridge here in the Niagara region. Where would you say your, your interest, particularly in Southridge's ministry, came from? And what were you hoping to, to really learn about and dive into uh, specifically by visiting Southridge? Yeah, so thanks, Jeff. And um, it's just, it's a really strategic time for us. As we know, like the last couple of years have just been, you know, brutal on church, you know, world and just navigating all the disruptions and all of that. And so this fall, as we're leading out of the pandemic, we realized it actually has been over three years before we, since we actually have had some fun and a chance to actually take some staff on a leadership experience. Um, and so part of it was a chance to bring some of our senior leaders, some of our staff to actually go um, on a trip. It was the last one we had been on uh, was spring 2019. And we went to Bayside in California, had an incredible deep dive. And then good friend Steve Stroop, who you know quite well, hosted us for a couple of days down at the church in Lake Point, And that was incredible. And um, But we just really felt motivated, Jeff. We loved your book. And in the providence of God, you said yes to the February message and really resonated with us and with our church, just a bit of the Southridge story. And as we begin to continue to lead out of the pandemic and figure out, you know, what are some next steps for us and looking at vision 2024, 
Uh, some of the ideas that you shared really captured our hearts about anchor causes, um, about what is it real? How do we move people from consumerism to a lifestyle of full devotion? And I mean, like that just totally resonates with us. Our heartbeat, you know, that Acts two church is for people to really, you know, our mission is to honor God by leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. And, and, and that's what we're trying to do. But how do we actually do that increasingly in our secular world? And, and how can we do it better? And so some of the concepts that you shared in May when you came out our way and spent a day with our staff and with other church leaders um, about moving from consumerism to all in, uh, some of the ideas that you shared about anchor causes, but also about right-sizing the investment that we make as leaders in all of the key areas of our ministry. And uh, similar to you guys, you know, you, in your book, you talk about your three G's, you know, it's about gatherings and groups and generosity. Well, we have three C's that are quite similar, which is celebrate, which is our weekly worship that really is important. And we want to invest in that. And, and then our second C is connect. We want people to be connected in groups and in vital community. And then thirdly is, is to contribute. We want people to celebrate, to connect, and then contribute. And that's all about using their time, their gifts, and their resources to uh, make a difference in the world. And so you really played with our head in terms of uh, really challenging us to figure out, are we appropriately resourcing with staff and with finances and with volunteers and all of that um, so that each of those three key buckets are actually be being focused on and, and, you know, particularly, you know, every church, you know, we want to make a difference beyond our walls. That's what our current vision is all about, you know, being a blessing beyond our walls and that. But um, no church has unlimited resources in terms of volunteers and time. And so what we've been gathering from you guys is really challenging us in terms of ROI, in terms of having um, more, you know, the difference between a flashlight and a laser um, when it comes to where you're focusing your people. And, and so um, we've always had a heart. We have a lot of local partners and global partners and all of that. And so part of this, this next step in maturing and focusing our time and our vision is really what is, you know, more of that unique uh, anchor cause God's calling us to? What does that look like? How can we more right size the investment we're making in our ministry so that um, more of that is taking place? So you've got a few kind of key questions, key curiosities as you're organizing this group of leaders to come to Niagara. Now, some of our church members and, and leaders listening might be wondering, okay, you get off the plane, you, you yeah. drive from Toronto to Niagara, and you spend four days a a around us. What did those four days look like? What did you guys do? And like, what's the itinerary? What, what you know, are some highlight experiences or just describe for people what happened in those four days of this vision tour? Yeah. So, uh, you know, first of all, huge shout out to you, Jeff, you know, and, and our bantering back and forth, you and your team really put together a masterful itinerary and it really resonated with us. And so we showed up at South Ridge um, and you hosted us, you gave us a tour and, and we're sharing all about the story and the vision, the heartbeat of what you guys were about. We spent a lot of time with you and we were really grateful that actually the schedule was such that you carved out time that we could actually meet with every member of your senior lead team. 
and uh, to really get more of an insight into, you know, whether it's your worship gatherings or your anchor cause, the homeless shelter, um, uh, you know, operations, um, you know, groups, getting people connected, all of those things. And so, um, you know, there was just a lot of really great learning from there. And then we actually did site tours. Um, so um, really appreciate how you guys have multi-sites and each site has an anchor cause. And so we were able to spend some time at Southridge at the main campus. And then we went out to Vineland and really had a wonderful time there uh, with your mission champion uh, with Nate. Um, and then also we went out to, uh, you know, the church plan out in Welland uh, and, and, you know, the work that you guys are doing there with um, families at risk. And we actually, on Friday night, we went out for the supper that you guys provide uh, free of charge to those in the community. And we just embedded ourselves with the folks who are there. And, and um, you know, and I just want to say that you guys really modeled what a real abundant spirit is. And our team was really so grateful that, you know, it was, yeah, we were taking time to be there, but you guys also had a real abundant spirit and we're glad that we were there. It's like, we were like we were in the way or taking up time, but we really appreciated the generous spirit. Um, and, you know, I sent you in advance a number of questions that we were grappling with and strategically through the various meetings, um, uh, and experiences we had with the staff and with other sites. And then on Sunday, we had lunch. Uh, you and Becky hosted us at home, which was wonderful, met some of the elders and processed um, some governance issues with them as well. So it was a really holistic um, experience and, and um, it was very, very helpful to us. What would you say, knowing that you're a veteran of these Church Vision tours and you've kind of been been around probably in dozens of these types of experiences what was what was unique or different about your visit at southridge compared to uh, other church tour experiences that yeah. you had well i think a few things one is that it was a, a fellow canadian church and so you know mm -hmm. there are some unique aspects um you know we've enjoyed uh, you know a lot of these various connections uh in different places around north america but there's something unique um, about, you know, being a missional church in Canada. And so, you know, and just you and I, a lot of chemistry between our two churches. So, um, so that was, um, you know, really helpful. You go to some of the churches in the States and they're just, you know, the size and the scope is just, you know, very different than, than what we would have, um, you know, here in Canada. Um, and, but, you know, having said that, I think sometimes we fail to realize that maybe, you know, we don't have the size and scope of some of these mega churches, but yet there's some really unique things that God is doing in our context and to celebrate that. And, um, you know, Tom Rayner said that vision is, is God's particular plan for a particular church at a particular time. Mm -hmm. And so we can go and, and glean, insights and ideas that help us, you know, are get better. But yet every church like Southridge has a unique vision that God's called you guys to, you know, at this time and same for Hillside and other churches. Um, and we really enjoy the opportunity to see some of the unique things that you guys are doing, um, you know, anchor cause like that's language um, that was, you know, and I'm very well read and traveled and all of that, but, you know, very unique Um and, uh, you know, and, and when we met with various lead team members of you, Jeff, like everybody was really singing from the same songbook, like the, the language that you guys use, it's very much a shared vision and, uh, you know, the, the level of clarity and camaraderie. Um, so, 
um, you know, the unique experience was with your staff, um, uh, with the anchor cause, uh, with right sizing uh, the investments we're making. Um, uh, you know, at the end of the day, um, we really loved your heartbeat for the marginalized came through um, so powerfully. And, you know, again, I think every church maybe has a, you know, different ways that they may, that may manifest itself, but we've been really challenged, um, you know, about what does it look like for us uh, to have a greater posture um, of connecting our people to the marginalized and, and the idea, you know, love what you talk about in terms of experiential discipleship, like instead of just waiting to take someone on a mission trip, you know, there are marginalized people struggling with addiction, struggling with homelessness, um, struggling. We have tons of newcomers to Canada seeking to get established uh, in our community and in our church. And so there's a lot of opportunities for us uh, to become um, even more intentional um, in addressing the needs of the marginalized, the people that Jesus really, you know, deeply cared about. Hmm. You're, you're kind of drifting into my next move, and that would be just to tap into some takeaways. I know that you're, you're home now. You've been home for about a week, but, you know, you hit the ground running at home, and you got Sunday coming pretty fast. So your team hasn't done a deep dive debrief yet, but, you know, just at a high level as you've been kind of talking, coming back, what would you say are some of the primary takeaways that in Hillside, in Moncton, New Brunswick, you're yeah. now considering as a result of spending four days in Niagara in and around our community? Right. And excellent question. And so we are on a vision journey right now. And, and the, the, the goal is a shared vision that 15 months from now, and again, that sounds long, but it really isn't. Um, to really declare in our 50th anniversary year what that next iteration of Hillside will be. And so what we are really grappling with, and, and, and it's going to be challenging for us to, you know, really discern, and that is from an ROI standpoint, um, what is God calling us to? What is the most strategic play, given the uniqueness of our church, of our setting? You know, Henry Blankaby says, you know, try to discern what God is doing and jump in. And so we're not South Ridge. We're Hillside, you know, on the East Coast here. Um, but there's some specific things we believe God's calling us to. And so we're really wrestling with, um, uh, you know, how do we better uh, disciple people? And to become moving from, you know, we're actually we're analyzing, you know, to what extent are we feeding into the consumerism of our culture as opposed to more intentionally moving people, uh, you know, to use some of your language, you know, out of their comfort zone, making people less comfortable um, about, you know, their walk with Christ, the way they're living their life. And as a church, we're really asking some big questions. In fact, I had a board meeting last Thursday night, and we've tabled some conversations we're going to continue to work on. And that is, um, you know, what is the bold play that God's calling us to in terms of becoming more focused? And really enjoyed the conversation with um, your director of the homeless shelter. And she just talked about this, the difference between a flashlight and a laser beam. And, and we feel like that, with, you know, we have a lot of partners and we'd love to, you know, locally and globally, but yet, you know, how effective, uh, you know, are there ways that we can be tons more effective, um, you know, less is more 
And in terms of ROI, in terms of intentionality, in terms of where we want to more strategically target our volunteers and our financial resources. And so you guys have really forced us in a good way to wrestle with consumerism and uh, to wrestle with um, being more laser focused on what our anchor cause will be going forward um, and, and becoming you know, more specific about that. And to ensure that that we're right sizing our investment in those, you know, like it's not just Sunday. Sunday's really, really important. But what about the other aspects? Um, you know, there's the hour on Sunday, or for us, we have two, you know, the two hours on Sunday. But then there's the other 167 hours of the week. And so we're really, uh, really strategically um, bantering about that. Hmm. One of the questions that we asked knowing that you have a perspective and you guys have a great church out in, out in Moncton is not just the highlights, but almost the lowlights. Like what struck you as unique about our community <laughs> that you don't want anything to, 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 to do with. Um, and we had some interesting conversation about that. Share that for purposes of the, the Southridge members listening. What an outside yeah, just, just church just kind of uh, experienced. Yeah. In, in experiencing uh, our, our, our locations. Yeah, so we were just a little bit surprised, um, you know, just in terms of the, the, the condition of facilities, you know, the lack of lines in the parking lot, you know, where do people park kind of thing. Um, I think one of the parking lots of your multi-sites isn't even paved yet or partially paved. Um, uh, you know, just some of those things, you know, we talk about, you know, you've heard over the year, you know, that you want to, you don't want an opulent facility, but you want one to represent the community, you know, that you're you know, a part of or whatever, uh, that was, um, you know, something that comes to mind. It was pretty unique. Yeah. Our, our, for members listening, our capital investment was uh, a surprise to, to, <laughs> to the group from Hillside. And yet it was funny talking with, with Jason, your communications director, yeah. because he sort of saw it as almost brand consistent, like yeah. given how, how close to people on the margins you're seeking to be. If he was processing, you could see him kind of thinking about it real yeah. time, that it actually changes how much you invest in, you know, excellence or, or, or in high level facilities. And so he wondered whether it was a, a weakness or whether it was actually part of your strengths. And it was yeah. just a, a fascinating conversation yeah. that we had that I, I thought was interesting given that, you know, an outside perspective to, could come in and, and really notice that in a, in a, such a stark way. Um, talk now, Jerry, about kind of the, so what, because I, I think for leaders listening, this is fascinating. You, you aren't just curious and want to know what's going on in other churches and you don't just invest significantly yeah. in exposing your people to other churches, but you've got a whole now debrief and action planning process coming yeah. out of this. So talk about where this is going from your end. I find this fascinating. Yeah, so we have, um, so, you know, the five of us who made the trip, we have a strategic debrief in two weeks. I sent them uh, three or four questions that they can be working on. And so we're going to have a strategic, I mean, we've done some debriefing, you know, along the way, but this is time set aside. And then we have a full staff gathering. We call it a next 90. We do this five or six times of the year, gather the staff together for a half day. And so we're actually going to do a presentation to our full staff team. And then I'm going to actually share that presentation with our elder board uh, at our next meeting a few weeks later. 
Um, and really over the next year, uh, to be honest with you, Jeff, um, you know, our visit with you guys was the first intentional step toward the beginning of developing of a shared vision of what God's calling us to so that we can be effective missionally the next 50 years on our 50th anniversary. We're going to talk about, and so what's that next chapter that God will be calling us to, um, and so we, um, I, we have a vision Sunday, uh, one Sunday every October. So actually two weeks ago, just before we came to Southridge was vision Sunday. And I declare to our church that 15 months from now, we'll be completing our vision 2023, which is called beyond our walls. And you're familiar with that. We said we're, we're committed to, we are four families. You probably know Jeff Henderson, man, his book, you know, what you are for was so huge for our previous vision. And we came out of that. We said we're for families, we're for community, and we're for the world around us. And we had some specific objectives around that. But so this new vision, um, I've already I invited our congregation to start prayerfully if they have any thoughts or ideas. Uh, again, you'll get more than you can ever use. But just letting people know, so let's start praying. And if you have a thought or an idea, let us know. I've had a number of people who've been sending. Uh, some information, my uh, administrative assistants collating that. We'll probably do a few surveys and and, and some deep dives. And if at the end of the day, um, when I get up to share um, our vision 2024 and our 50th anniversary year, it won't be like Moses who went up to the mountain and came down. It'll actually be a shared vision that came out of our, our team, our staff, our elders. Um, and, and I think that there's a lot more buy-in for that. And so we're really excited about that and going and visiting you guys was really pivotal. Um, in our previous vision, uh, Jeff Henderson, we did a book review and that was huge. And I mentioned, we went to Bayside and spent some time at Lake Point with Steve Stroop. And, and one thing maybe I'll just share that comes to my mind as I'm chatting with you is I remember Ray Johnston, senior pastor out at Bayside. And he said, and he has a book on, on hope. Uh, you know, we know that IQ and EQ matters, but HQ, it's called hope quotient, really matters. And and he said that his daughter um, was taking a class in high school on leadership. And, and her teacher, one of the assignments was that she was asked to interview a leader. And so she went to the teacher and said, hey, my dad's a pastor at a church. Could I, could I interview him? And, and the teacher said, sure, that's fine. And so Ray said, you know, uh, they set up an appointment. His, his daughter came and she had all these questions, 15, 20 questions. And then she got to the last question. And she said, and here was her question. She said, dad, what's the single most important thing that you do as a leader? And he said, oh, that's easy. He said, that's easy. And he said, and the answer was two words. He said, the most important thing I do as a leader is stay encouraged. Because the moment a leader loses their sense of encouragement, their sense of vision, their sense of optimism and hope, it just permeates, you know, the whole staff and the whole congregation. And so for me, one of the ways, you know, that I've really just tried to stay encouraged is to keep learning and to visit with other friends and mentors and colleagues and with you guys, Jeff, uh, you know, to see what God's doing in and through your church. And man, it's just such a big encouragement to me and to, to the rest of our team. Hmm. I'm imagining as we wrap up, Jerry, that there are leaders listening, especially coming out of the pandemic, as you described, who are a little fuzzy or maybe a little empty, a little unclear on vision moving forward. And, uh, you know, outside of your curiosity, your intentionality, yeah. your investment, uh, you know, what would any final encouragement or advice be to that kind of leader 
when it comes to looking outside their walls, you know, even taking the more intentional step of, of touring other churches for vision to try to find a, a compelling picture of the future that will drive passion in their people? How can other leaders gain a clearer sense of their vision? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And I'd say, first of all, because of the season we're coming out of, can, can we just be real about the fact that, um, you know, the latest research of Barna says that 42, like 42% of pastors, you know, want to resign and move on. And it's been a really hard season. And I've been in ministry a long time, like you, Jeff, and, um, you know, 2021, as it went into the second year, just a lot of weariness and all of that. So I'd say, first of all, is to make, is to do whatever you can do to get inspired, to get renewed uh, emotionally and spiritually. Um, and, um, and, and then, you know, coming out of that um, to really, um, I remember chatting with a mentor who said to me, you know, I think that we need more grit with pastors. I mean, you know, I would just say, you know, one of the things that really helped me, honestly, beyond trips and tours and, and some spiritual practices is I read N.T. Wright's book this summer um, on the Apostle Paul. And I just thought, oh, my goodness, like sometimes I find just even reading biographies. And, you know, so when we think we're, we've got it hard and, and challenging and COVID and trying to relaunch and reboot our ministries and re-engage volunteers like we're all trying to do this fall, um, you know, read what Paul went through and yet the relentlessness of his passion. And, and uh, one of my friends, one of his favorite characters is Nehemiah. And you look at Nehemiah, he came and the walls were destroyed and low morale and yet he fasted and prayed and wept and then began to come up, you know, with a vision. And within 52 days, some amazing things really happened. And so I believe that God needs to do something within you before he's going to do something great through you. And so I would just say, you know, keep learning, um, keep growing. Uh, you know, if you need some time away, like I, you know, I was blessed. My, my board actually gave me um, a bit of a short sabbatical uh, during uh, last year and, and just, you know, getting away. Um, it's so important, um, Jeff, that as pastors and as lead teams and elders, that we make sure that we take time to work on the ministry, not just in the ministry. And so to actually set aside some time, because it's so easy to be just constantly in the ministry and the work and the grind of it all. Um, but we need to actually make sure that we take time to actually work on the ministry. And, and that's where vision and, um, you know, processing what we're doing. Is it really the most effective way to make disciples, to chase away consumerism and to really make the greatest difference we can um, in the world? Hmm. Jerry, thanks so much for being here today. Love the passion. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking we should probably book something six months from now just to see kind of where you're at as a as a result of all these debriefs and your your strategic planning. So let's make a point of, of checking back in. But uh, thank you for being with us today, and uh, to all of you who are listening, thanks for tracking with us again this week. We'll see you in about seven days' time as we continue finding our way together. Take care, everybody. Mm-hmm.